0: Hey, this is Jason from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron, located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky. 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettleball classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. Slap down a new topic and dash off to the next. It's a great big world with so much to know. Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better
1: learn something fast. With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast.
0: It is October, and that means it's Halloween month here on Slapdash. To kick off our Halloween-a-thon, we are going to ease into horror with discussing R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series. Across from me is a mysterious man who lives in the proverbial old house on the hill where no one dares visits the misunderstood hermit that only comes out at night. (laughs) Old Man Deaton, how are you on this foggy, moonlit night? Ow! In true I'm, goosebumps fashion, I'm doing great, man. I, I love how you called me a hermit there. Well, oh, you're welcome. You know <laughs> that's okay. I, I mean, it like I mean it like when people say, with all due respect,
1: like in an endearing way. Like it's he's a exa- nice old hermit that's who, exactly who lives on the hill. Yes, and that's <laughs> that is exactly how how I uh, I meant that. Yeah, that's great. Chases the dogs after night, that sort of thing. Right. He's the nice guy who does that. <laughs> Misunderstood, basically. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah
0: so uh, like I mentioned our first topic is going to be R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series from 1992 through 1997 Scholastic published 62 books in the original series which obviously led to uh, just a a multitude of spinoffs television series and even two feature films starring Jack Black have you seen those? I've seen them
1: yeah I really like those I did too they're just kind of silly fun Jack Black's always silly fun that's that's who he is as a person I just love those movies yeah pretty cool
0: but Shannon, R. L. Stein has sold more than 400 million books worldwide. Okay, once again, we go over a lot of numbers here, we right? We do. Yeah. Every episode we have some kind of you know crazy statistic. Yeah. R. L. Stein has sold more than four hundred million books worldwide. And there for several years, he was basically writing 12 of these a year which meant that's that's one a month
1: <laughs> it, it's so crazy because you would literally to be able to keep that pace you would almost have to like finish a book and then pick up and start writing another one yeah like like that evening that evening right? <laughs> <laughs> i'm finished at lunch yeah here we go new story that's right i just finished welcome to dead house now i'm going to start on stay out of the basement and it shows a little bit i hate to say that because i'm a huge fan I, oh i'm yeah. a big fan of yeah. goosebumps but some of these you know Quality may Berry. You, you can <laughs> tell. Bit. You can tell he was tired, right? Yeah. yeah. He was pressed for ideas yeah. too.
0: He, he started this book like on day twenty-seven, <laughs> right? He only had like maybe three days to he crank this one three out. Three days to turn it out, yeah. right? And
1: then we end up with egg monsters from Mars or whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in honor of the series, we are going to discuss some of our favorite Goosebumps uh, books uh, episodes, and I'm going to kick things off with the eleventh book in the series, The Haunted Mask, which came out in September of 199. So, are you familiar with this? I, th- I think you've
1: read them all, right? I have. I, full disclosure: I own the original sixty-two books in the go- the classic Goosebumps right. set. So, you're a collector. I'm a collector. I've read all of them, uh, most of them. Whenever I was a very young kid, uh, right. And and over the years, I've just kind of pieced the collection back together. So. Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with The Haunted Mask, one of my favorites. All right. Well, just in case that some of our listeners, maybe they are not familiar, uh,
0: the plot of the story is pretty straightforward. An innocent and gullible 11-year-old named Carly Beth is the target of pranks from a couple of class bullies named Steve and Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> two, two classic names, right? Yeah. Carly Beth grows tired of the pranks and decides to get even with her uh, tormentors by buying a super scary mask. Carly Beth goes into a novelty shop to buy a mask, but the one she wants to buy, alas, is not for sale. Carly Beth throws the money in the air and runs out of the store with the mask, despite the owner trying to stop her. Mm. Carly Beth uses the mask to scare Steve and Chuck and several other kids and really has a good time doing so, but soon realizes (laughs) that she can't remove the mask and is essentially becoming the monster. Mm -hmm. She returns to the novelty shop to ask the owner to help her uh, to, to remove it, but he informs her that the mask can only be removed by a symbol of love ironically carly beth's mother created this plaster likeness of of carly's face and she uses this to remove the mask how convenient though (laughs) yeah it's that's pretty pretty spot on yeah uh the story ends with uh, carly beth being thankful that the mask is off but suddenly realizes her little brother has put on the mask oh no yeah and And, and that's
1: where it ends there's a part two to this actually it's a little bit farther on in the series and i think it is the little brother possibly right but but it is a different mask on it's not it's not the same Not Carly Beth's mask, right? After I read this book, I went throughout the rest of my childhood afraid to put on a mask, or in the very least, I (laughs) second-guessed it like right. i i would i would always sort of have one hand in when i put it on just to <laughs> kind of test the make waters sure. and make sure that i could pull that sucker back off <laughs> should should things be a little more haunted than right. ordinary you know, you know th-
0: uh, this is one of my favorite uh, episodes that that we watched on netflix right i mean my girls have watched this now for 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 several years and uh that there there are a few parts in this uh, in this particular episode that, that, that i just enjoy right i mean you have yeah. to t- it's goosebumps so you have to I take it for what it the is first one that came out if i i could be wrong about that but I, I no, think- no actually I think you're right yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it is you know I, I i like the fact that it's on it's on halloween night all right let's just get that out of the way that's cool that that's awesome It that I, does I, a lot for it i'll go with it right so it's on halloween night uh uh i like the uh, the part about having the old novel uh, novelty store with an owner Right. Yeah. Sort of a, a weird creepy kind of owner. you're not sure really what he's dealing in yeah. or with. I like that. It's just a good story. It, it, it''s it's a good feel good story. It's got um, a good hook. I
1: mean, the mask won't come off. it's the haunted mask. it's not the perfectly normal mask right
0: Halloween and and I think one of the uh, the, the creepiest parts of the of the uh, story is the part where she says something along the lines of uh, the mask has no line. Like, it has no end. Like, it's actually, you know, sort of merged into her skin. Yeah. And to me, that was... Yeah, I don't think the Haunted Mask really... The mask in, in the episode, mm-hmm. uh, the the television episode, was pretty scary, to be honest. Sure, it was. But uh, I don't think that the, the overall... Uh, episode or that that storyline is scary, but I, I think that line was scary, mm-hmm. and you know that that really kind of caught my attention. Uh, and then I think maybe you know in terms of a theme, maybe sort of the theme like just be yourself. Or yeah. I know uh, uh, Ryan Lemon on Kentucky Sports Radio, he's famous for, <laughs> for for the line that he said, "Be proud of who you self." <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I think that applies here. Whereas you know Carly Beth was just sort of this innocent, gullible, you know, super nice person, and she tried to turn into something she that sure. she was just simply was not be
1: scary for halloween
0: right and uh but it it cost her and so i think maybe the theme is really just you know be yourself you know don't don't try to you know just become something that you're not just because that you want to get
1: revenge right or something like that that's a good one yeah that's a good uh moral for for the kids who undoubtedly read that growing up that's what i told my daughters yeah next up we have my personal favorite of the entire goosebumps collection goosebumps Geesebumps. I, know. I like Goosebumps. No, I like Goosebumps pretty good. Uh, but no, the uh, story that I love is called Night of the Living Dummy. It's no surprise. It's obviously based upon the, it's a play on the words Night of the Living Dead. Sure. Right? But, but Night of the Living Dummy. But it is the seventh book in the original Goosebumps book series and the first book in the Living Dummy Saga. <laughs> <laughs> they, they must have been pretty popular he got carried away with it and he did this with several of his books because I imagine if you're cranking out a book a month for years on end that it's going to be a lot easier to kind of look at the bookshelf and say let's do that but part two Right. Oh, yeah. Let's do that one, but let's do part three. And uh, he he actually, in true horror writing fashion, he he not only has three different parts to Night of the Living Dummy, which, you know, I'm going to talk about the first one. He also has, in his Goosebumps series 2000, which came out after the original 62, a book called Bride of the Living Dummy. So it's it's kind of interesting because I've always hmm. when I when I originally read this book um, I was no stranger to a movie called Child's Play. You ever <laughs> oh, yeah. Heard of this one? oh yeah, Chucky, of course. Chucky much scarier obviously and not meant for kids at right. all. Not in the movie sense anyway. Kids should not be watching that movie. But, but he's a good guy doll. <laughs> well, that's what he says, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but the the, the thing about it is, though, uh, the parallel is obviously there were three Chucky movies, three Child's, plays, child's Play movies, and then there was a Bride of Chucky So I always thought it was interesting to see that parallel, you know, three Night of the Living Dummies Mm. and then Bride of the Living Dummies. I'm sure it's complete coincidence, but I always found that interesting. The book was first published in 1993 and was followed up by Night of the Living Dummy 2 in 95, two years later, and Night of the Living Dummy 3 in 96, one year later. Both the original and the reprint cover illustrations drawn by Tim Jacobus. And, man, he drew so many of these. Whenever you look at some of the covers, and we brought some of them in here, uh, usually his name is scribbled somewhere. And now that I say that, I'm I'm struggling to find it. But he usually hides his name somewhere uh, in there, and you can see it on this one. Um, He's got the the T. Jacobus or whatever uh, kind of written into uh, the illustrations on the front.
0: And and you can definitely tell this is the, the, the same person oh yeah i mean you know, they're different characters i mean i mean every book's different honestly right. but but you can also tell us the same person doing it you, you know? can
1: yeah they're, they're just so they're so memorable so iconic right. they, they kind of have these weird camera angles some of them where you're like looking up at monsters and it's it's just a lot of fun but this particular book depicts slappy the dummy staring evilly at the reader and this was the reason i i wanted this book whenever i went into the library and i first saw it i pulled it off the shelf it is the scariest thing you can imagine. I mean, really, Chucky doesn't have anything, at least on this no. picture. I'm actually looking at the cover of Night of the Living Dummy,
0: and that's thats pretty frightening. Yeah. I mean, really, the, the, that thing's eyes and its mouth and
1: just everything about it, that's, <laughs> that's creepy, man. It's just a picture of the head of the dummy, kind of from the neck up. You can kind of see his red bow tie. He has these bright green piercing eyes. His mouth is agape, and he's just staring blankly at the reader and you just see at the bottom night of the living dummy and then on the cover there's the quote because all goosebumps books <laughs> have a little silly quote on the front and it just says simply he walks he stalks <laughs> i, I love like those. that's
0: pretty good i like that <laughs> it's one good.
1: it's good so a summary of the book this is directly from the uh the back of the book actually but lindy who is one of the main characters names the ventriloquist dummy she finds slappy slappy is kind of ugly but he's a lot of fun (laughs) lindy's having a great time learning to make slappy move and talk but chris who is her twin sister is jealous of all the attention her sister is getting it's no fair why does lindy have all the luck chris decides to get a dummy of her own she'll show lindy then weird things begin to happen nasty things evil things no way a dummy can be causing all the trouble Or is there? Uh Oh. (laughs) You've got me now. You like that? Yeah, I'm ready to go now. (laughs) The rhetorical question of doom. Or is there? (laughs) That's always the the, the way to go. But the thing that caught me about this book, and I didn't realize it as a kid when I first read it, it's not really a book about Slappy, although he's the the character on the front. uh, Lindy's twin sister, Chris, gets jealous that her sister's getting all the attention for having a ventriloquist dummy, so she gets one of her own named Mr. Wood- and it's not this dummy hmm. that's on the cover. So so the, most of the mischief and weird things that happen in the book are from this other dummy, Mr. Wood, who's not even depicted here. But Chris finds a small card in Mr. Wood's pocket and another parallel to child's play. Do you remember child's play? How it was, I don't know if it was like a voodoo curse oh, yeah. or, or was something. something yeah. Yeah, yeah. say, give me the power. I beg of you or something. And yeah. It would just, it would go crazy. And that was the manner in which they would transfer their soul into the, the doll. Right. I mean, it's really creepy when you think about it. I
0: think it's the same power that turns uh, Prince Adam into he man,
1: <laughs> the power of gray skull.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think they just don't call it the power of gray skull, but I think it is same, same thing.
1: Yeah. So they, they, they pull this card out of Mister Wood's pocket, and it says the following. And if you have any dolls around that you're you're worried about, you might want to kind of fast forward over to the other part. room. But it's just completely made up hoo ha. It says Karu Marie O'Donna Lama Milanu Carano. Oh yeah, you know. So it, it's just it's nothing. But when she reads it aloud, the dummy blinks and essentially comes to life. And at the end of the book. <laughs> this is crazy Mr. Wood tries to choke the family dog because remember they can't get into too much mischief these are kids books right Right. so none of this you know I'm going to kill you I'm going to get you that kind of stuff it, it's got to be terrifying but in like a sort very of, sort simplistic way sort of has to way. toe the line yeah got to toe the line a little bit but we'll get into that in a moment because there is one book that kind of crosses that border and we're going to talk about it here in a minute but he Mr. Wood chokes the family dog and its name is Barky <laughs> <laughs> Because it's goosebumps. Because it needs to be. R. L. Stein has one month to write these things. (laughs) So the girls chase the dog into the path of a nearby steamroller, and Mr. Wood gets crushed. I mean, it's it's kind of silly fun, right? So there just happens to be a steamroller right. outside. So here we go. Let's let's run outside. And it, it I think the, there's actually two and the first one misses him and then the second one catches him and then that's it for him. But as all these books go, at the very end, there's always a twisted ending. There's something that happens that's a little out of the ordinary that makes you think, well, maybe the story's not quite over. So when the girls get home after they've basically killed Mr. Wood, the other dummy, Slappy, the one on the cover, turns around and ask the girls if Mr. Wood is gone. And that's how the book ends. Ooh, that's yeah. It's kinda creepy, man. Yeah, that's that's a little bet that's pretty cool though. It is. And Jason, this was possibly the first chapter book I ever read as a child. I picked up a library copy in third grade, brought it home, laid in my bed for a couple hours, slowly reading each page and repeatedly looking back at the cover of the dummy's face just every time I get to the end of a chapter. The chapters <laughs> were fine, but there was just something about that artwork on the right, front that yeah. just kept me like just enthralled as a kid. I mean, look at that.
0: How how awesome would it have been if you know you would have been like on chapter five and then your mom just come running in the room and went hola cubalaba? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
1: well, that would have been the end of reading Goosebumps, maybe the end of reading for me. Back to Dr. Seuss, folks. <laughs> These chapter books are not for me. <laughs> oh man, so
0: Jason, what's up next? My next story is The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Right. Uh, this was the 14th book in the series and was released in December of 1993. And uh, in regard to the, the plot, uh, Grady, his older sister, and their parents moved to Fever Swamp to study how deer would adapt to a swamp. Because, obviously, they're, they're scientists, and this is what they do, right? And they, they bring some deer with them to do yeah. the experiment. Soon, Grady meets a friend named Will who talks about how weird things are happening in the area, like animals being attacked and people vanishing in the swamp. Will begins to tell Grady about a hermit who lives in the swamp, and people think that he might be dun, 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 a werewolf. Wow, wow, wow. The book and television show differ a little here, but regardless, there are some scary uh, interactions with the hermit that leads Grady to believe that indeed he is the werewolf. Soon after, one of the deer is attacked and killed, and Grady is convinced that the werewolf is sort of closing in on him and his family. However, Grady soon realizes that it's not the hermit who is the werewolf, but it is Will. Whoa. Yeah. it's Twisty. My, it's it's my buddy. Again, the book and TV show differ, but Will ends up falling into, a, into the swamp, and uh, Grady and his family live, but ultimately... Grady becomes the werewolf, sort of wow. howling at the moon and, and, and preparing to go off uh, to hunt along with his dog oh, wow. uh, at, at the end of the Probably not uh, named Barky, At though. the end of the book, no. Howly? Uh, <laughs> on, the, on the TV series, I think the dog's name's Vandal. Oh, okay. Uh, but in, in the book, I think the dog's name is Wolf. Huh? In, in in the book, so that's, yeah. a, that's a weird yeah. thing to switch but, around. But but in in both, the dog plays kind of a key role because because the the parents at first think that the that the dog is responsible for attacking the deer, yeah. and so Grady has to convince them that no, no,
1: you know, that's not at all. But you, you knew it had to be somebody that they knew. That's how these well, stories go. And and
0: that was and that was interesting because this particular story uh, is uh, that the characters it's all in a very isolated place, right? I mean, you basically have Grady and his family, mm-hmm. then you have this hermit. And then you have Will. And then really, I mean, honestly, that that's about it. That's it. They're in the swamp. Let's
1: get ready to roll.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, there, there can't just be, you know, a lot of characters that just sort of pop up and, oh, so that's the werewolf. I mean, it it's sort of becomes meaningless if that's mm-hmm. if that's kind of how it goes. So, sure. But in, in terms of the the werewolf of Fever Swamp, first of all, I love the name, right? I mean, it could have just been called the werewolf. Yep. It could have been called Fever Swamp. That's right. But when you combine those two, some things are going to go down, right? It's, it's Goosebumps it time, It is the baby. werewolf... <laughs> A fever swamp. That's somehow right. that makes me just a little panicky, you know, mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, I had already mentioned sort of the, the small setting there. I, I really like that. Uh, it is a little bit predictable because it, it's pretty much, ha- you know, it has to be either Will or the Hermit. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean... It, <laughs> or mom or dad. Or mom or, or, or dad,
0: yeah. yeah. So they're, you know, not really a whole lot of other uh, characters. Uh, but again, I, I really, really liked it. And honestly, there are some scary scenes. I mentioned earlier that the, uh, the haunted mask, I didn't really think was all that scary. Mm-hmm. This... Uh, this particular story i think is is pretty scary Uh, i was actually watching this last night on netflix oh yeah uh, getting ready for this episode and there are several scenes on on that show that's i mean that's fairly intense for for a goosebumps show there's a part where uh grady's sister's being chased in the house by the werewolf and Mm. and that's that's pretty terrifying and then there's also a scene where the hermit is just like in his little shed and he's just eating like like a like a chicken leg or something and it's so kind of it's so, just sort of gross it's yeah. just he has all of this on his hands and his face you just and, hear him slurping it up yeah and so <laughs> and so obviously oh, you know you know that setting it up though he's not the werewolf right because yeah. it's so How obvious could he be? Yeah. yeah um and then, but, but I think perhaps the the scariest part uh, of this story, uh, at least on the uh, the television show, is that there's there's a scene where Grady's uh, sister and his mother are locked in a barn. He he literally locks them in there, and this werewolf uh, is trying to get in, and so it goes on top of the barn, and it's sort of you know it's, it's beating on the do- the 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 boards and the roof, and it's trying to get in, mm-hmm. and I mean man, it is absolutely going at it. I mean, it's like it's almost like they have uh, the werewolf's action sped up a little bit like yeah. on the screen because it's so violently, like trying to rip the boards off, and it's like you know making this wild noise. And I thought that that's pretty intense. That's kind of scary. I mean, that that little ten to fifteen seconds could really be like a, almost almost an R-rated movie. I was going to say,
1: what, what's the rating on those? Did you know? Did it pop up? Sometimes I, I didn't. Do. I'm sure it did, but I yeah. didn't even
0: I didn't even really pay attention. But it's interesting. Just those few seconds. I mean, honestly, that that's pretty scary. Really, really? yeah. Yeah. So cool. so w- what do you think about this this particular story?
1: It's a fun one. It's the classic misdirect. It's a very classic narrative in the sense that it tries to convince you that one person is the killer, you know, just like a lot of modern day horror movies. There's an obvious killer, right? Right. In this case, the hermit. Yes. And I I think they call that a red herring as a literary device. So you you always get the sense that, well, it's got to be somebody else. And as you mentioned, it's such a small population that there's only a handful of people it could be. I really thought it was going to be Grady, but I couldn't figure out in some of the scenes where he is with the werewolf how that interaction plays right. out. It's but all a dream. Right? It's all a dream or yeah <laughs> or, or something like that. But this is an interesting one. I again I like the artwork and since we have the book here, Jason, what's the tagline on the front of that one? The tagline, Shannon, is uh The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Oh, that's pretty good. There you go. Yeah, I like that. So, Jason, up next, we have a book called Welcome to Dead House. This is the very first number one Goosebump book. This is the first one that came out in 1992. It was released again in 2010 as the 13th book in the classic Goosebump series because they went back and they started reprinting these. But the original cover illustration is by Tim Jacobus and depicts an old dark house at night with the front door slightly ajar, and a strange figure illuminated in the window by an orange light. It's pretty, pretty menacing. It is. And, and for the first Goosebump books, it did some things that later Goosebump books would not do. And I, I found that most interesting about it. On the cover, there's the quote, it will just kill you. I mean, there's no joking about that. Straight to the point. (laughs) It just cuts straight to the chase, man. I keep. keep. It will just kill you. But again, welcome to Dead House. Here's the summary directly from the back of the book. It says, Amanda and Josh think the old house they have just moved into is weird, spooky, possibly haunted. And the town of Dark Falls is pretty strange too. But their parents don't believe them. You'll get used to it, they say. Go out and make some new friends. So Amanda and Josh do. But these new friends are not exactly what their parents had in mind, because they want to be friends forever.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> forever and always. Yes. Play
1: with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the the shining twins <laughs> or whatever. But this, this book kind of broke some barriers a little bit on what was possible in, in kids' literature. Obviously, the book is about the living dead. There's a scene where the two kids in the story, Josh and Amanda, make friends with other kids in the neighborhood because this is a new house they moved into the old classic uh, a stranger comes to town i think we talked about this last halloween when we were talking about children of the corn it's a reverse big time steve yeah big time know, stephen king method yeah. it is you know usually when it's like a stranger comes to town it's the old hermit and it right. the, the guy up on the hill in salem's lot salem's yeah, like, oh, perfect example of that yeah. something like that but but in this one the strangers are the new characters just like in children of the corn so right. Stephen King, the, the strangers are the main characters who come to town, and the town itself is sort of haunted, and it's the same in Welcome to Dead House. So these two kids, they make some new friends in the neighborhood. Then they wander out late at night and find gravestones with their new friends' names on them. So uh-oh. <laughs> it's, it's Goosebumps time. <laughs> that gets your attention. It does. Their new friends meet them and tell them that, yes, those gravestones belong to us. We are the living dead. So they just come right out with it. Wow. Tis us, Uh, the the zombies. Tis we. (laughs) We later learn that a strange yellow factory gas rolled through Dark (laughs) Falls years ago and turned everyone into the living dead. Well, let's just get right to it. (laughs) It's explained that once per year, the citizens must have the blood from a freshly killed person to sustain their living dead existence for another year. Wow. And just crickets on that one because if you've read any of the other Goosebump books, you know they almost never touch on the concept of murder. Right. You know, they are very scary books. Rare, yeah. But the targeted audience are kids like, you know, third to sixth grade. Yeah. Something like that. So the fact that this very first one out of the gate talks about the living dead killing people, and they've done it before. This isn't the first year they've been in existence. You have to think about that. I don't think they go that deep to say, you know, oh, last year we got old Billy Jones or whatever. Right, But But you have to assume that they have been doing this for a while. There's a method to it, and therefore each and every year they've killed someone and used the blood of that person to sustain their own life. That's a lot to take on. That's crazy. And one of the sadder parts is they also kill the dog, in here, and that's a common trope in Goosebumps. You can't really take out the kids who are always the main right. characters, but man, pets and animals are fair game.
0: What's RL Stein have against dogs? I don't know. I'm a, so,
1: I'm a dog lover. That's right. So, Barky got choked. Petey, the kid's dog in this one, uh, he actually gets killed, which is, again, it's a rare thing. You don't usually see that in a, like, a, they don't come back sorta sense. Right. But impressions of this book, it terrified me as a kid. (laughs) I, I read it later than I read the other books, so I expected it to be a lot more tame than it ended up being. The, the other books were playful. While they contained real monsters, there never seemed to be a real sense of danger. right The monsters never wanted to kill the children. They just wanted to enslave them or make them stay somewhere forever or stay out of their Scare swamp. Scare them away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever, get out of here, you, you crazy kids. <laughs> yeah. you know It's like the the old man shaking his fist, get off my lawn. Kind of like in a, a Scooby-Doo fashion. That's so. how it felt. But in Welcome to Dead House, the undead citizens of Dark Falls are actually trying to kill children and use their blood to keep living gosh dark falls isn't that crazy mm. yeah so with that jason let's you and i take a quick break let's let our listeners check out the slapdash store and i'm going to try to overcome my fear of dark and yeah. scary houses uh, and in case we do not come back uh our last location <laughs> is Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have T-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store store. Welcome back. We are discussing the history of R.L. Stein's Goosebump Books. We're nearing the end of this particular podcast, but what we would like to do is kind of have a little bit of a back and forth. Jason Creekmore and I are going to kind of go back and forth on some of these older classics and Jason as we mentioned at the start I've read all 62 of these I right? have not and you haven't read them all. I have not so what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game let's do I, it. I've heard that one before yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's play a little game uh, so I have five goosebump books here and I'm going to give you the title first And see if you can guess what the what the book is about, and you know depending on how close you are, I'm going to show you then I'm going to show you the cover so you can see the art. All right, that might pull you in a little bit better, and then you can update your guess if you want to, and then I'll tell you what it's about. We'll see how close you got. Okay, sounds good. All right, all right. So the very first book, I'm just going to throw the title out there. Okay, it's a little book called. Monster blood. So, Jason, what is the the concept of monster hmm, blood? What's monster that about? blood. That, that's that's kind of generic a little bit there. Yeah,
0: monster not blo- a lot of clues there. Monster blood. Uh, I'm going to say that um, some children find some kind of vial of weird goo, and they somehow. Either drink it or touch it, and somehow something's transformed to a monster.
1: You're pretty good at this. So I'm going to show you the cover. All right. So the cover just depicts this greenish goo. Oh, sure enough. There's the goo. (laughs) It's dripping down the staircase. There's some reading glasses embedded (laughs) in the goo to give the impression that maybe this goo ate someone or something along those lines. But the actual premise is a thick green slime that looks like Silly Putty is able to move on its own and consume anything it comes into contact with. It eats people and animals, which makes it grow bigger and bigger. If anyone eats monster blood, they grow several times their original size as well. Wow. And I think in the second part to this, because there's three, uh, I think the class gerbil, Gets a hold of this stuff, <laughs> becomes a giant monstrous gerbil, and then in part three, I think the main character eats some of this stuff and turns. Oh. And uh, now I'm thinking about it, there's four parts. There's a fourth one. Yeah, oh the, really? The, the number this number sixty two, the very last book that was made was Monster Blood Four. So I've actually that's one I haven't read. Now that I think about it, so you you did good on this one. Uh, the tagline is it's a monster blood drive. <laughs> so there you go. I love it. All right, we got a couple more here. So Jason, the next one we have is called say cheese and die <laughs> say
0: cheese and die so what's it about okay so probably something with with a something to do with a, a haunted camera of some sort or something
1: that's pretty good pretty good so Here's the, here's the cover, which basically depicts uh, like an old Kodak film. And on the cover are, is a family. And sort they're, of. They're, they're kind of a family. They're having a cookout, but the, the catch there is that they're all skeletons. Yep. Right? And then they're just enjoying their cookout, and they are in a photo. So the book is about a haunted camera. It shows pictures of bad things that will happen to people after the film is developed. So, for example, a picture of a new car turns out to show the car is wrecked whenever whenever you kind of get it developed right before it actually happens uh where people who are about to die won't appear in pictures etc i think there's this one scene where they're at this little girl's birthday party and the little girl insists that the person with this magical horror camera go around and take picture of the birthday party and when they do they take a picture of the birthday girl and when it develops she's not there Oh, so that that kind of sets up the whole premise of the book. But the tagline here is one picture is worth a thousand screams. <laughs> I like that one. I like that. That, that was, was pretty one of my good. Favorites. All right. We got we got just a few more here. So, Jason, this one's pretty straightforward, but it's called piano lessons can be murder. What do you think? What, what's that about? <laughs> piano lessons can be murder. I'm going to say a haunted piano. It's a good guess. All right. It's a good guess. I'm going to show you the cover and I'm going to see if you want to update anything here.
0: Play it, play it again. <laughs> uh, okay, so there is just a, uh, let's see, I'm going to say a ghost that loves to play the piano.
1: A ghost that loves to play the yeah. piano. So on the cover, we have these disembodied hands right. playing a piano. So that's a pretty good guess. That's pretty good. So, Jason, this book is about a crazy piano teacher named Dr. Shriek, because of course it is. <laughs> he wants to collect hands from his best students. Oh, my. <laughs> 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 Good lord. That's the worst thing you've said all night. How's that hit you?
0: <laughs> it's like well the dog got it and then we had this this big gerbil and there was some ooze and then we we had this teacher who wants to collect hands. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: That's kind of scary. That is scary. For a kid's book. Yeah. The tagline, which I think you read it a little bit there, it says, uh, play it again, hands. <laughs> I, I bet people would just, uh, there'd be a,
0: a sudden drop in student enrollment in uh, music <laughs> classes across the, across the nation. Uh, you would
1: think the name Dr. Shriek would give it away, but. <laughs> Maybe not. Apparently not. All right, we have just two more. The next one is called. Why I'm Afraid of Bees. So Jason, what's this
0: book about? (laughs) Why I'm Afraid of Bees. Okay, so obviously something with bees. I'm going to say that there are, that there is C. Somehow there's some swarm of bees that just like gets it in for a certain person and just follows them around all the time.
1: That's a good guess. All right. So on the cover, we have a picture of a little boy whose lower body is actually a bee. His face is a little boy, and he's just sort of staring in surprise <laughs> toward the reader.
0: So <laughs> any yeah. updates? <laughs> they didn't try real hard on that one. No, uh, okay. So, <laughs> straightforward. So I'm going to say that the uh, boy, uh, let's see, he accidentally drinks some kind of nectar, and he's transformed <laughs> into nectar. this. I don't know. It sounded good. And, <laughs> and he's transformed into this bee for, for eternity. It's pretty
1: close <laughs> okay. now, minus the nectar. But if I'm being if I'm being real, that would have been a pretty good way to go with this. Okay, he, he drinks the haunted nectar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a kid named Gary, which is who you see on the cover, <laughs> okay. wishes to be someone else. So he switches bodies with another kid. That other kid just happened happens to be a bee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest I, I I read this when I was a kid but I don't remember how he gets that mixed up like I don't know if he's got got a pen pal or what's going on but somehow he, he just wishes he could switch places with this other kid but he doesn't know the kid's a bee somehow so I don't okay, know how that works right. out from a plot perspective Okay, but he does switch and then the bee kid doesn't want to switch back <laughs> the bee kid <laughs> the bee kid because he, he's running around in Gary's body just uh, with his family right. hanging out and all this stuff this human stuff. stuff's cool yeah, so he kinda likes that. I think it actually ends when Gary goes in to sting the other kid because that's a big no no in, in right. Bee world because if you sting somebody, you die. Right. That, that's how bees work. <laughs> <laughs> so the tagline on this one is pretty clever. It's it's silly. He's no ordinary human being. <laughs> I just remember being a kid and getting a kick out of that. That's right, he's not. (laughs) Look at that cover. You tell him, R.L. Stein. (laughs) All right, this is the last one. All right. So, Jason, this book is called The Cuckoo Clock of Doom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Haunted clock (laughs) that makes time just become like in a loop where you
1: live the same day over
0: and over. That's pretty good. Pretty
1: good. All right, so here's the cover, which... oh lord depicts this cuckoo clock it's like this big grandfather clock looks
0: like a demented uh, big bird coming out of that
1: (laughs) that clock there's a cuckoo bird that's golden yellow just like big bird and he's poking out of the clock there and he's got this menacing scowl i i I mean you have to imagine when oral stein was writing these and he had to do this in one month he's probably just looking around his house and like okay let's be for real All right, so I've, I wrote one about a bee because I saw a bee once. <laughs> what else can we write? And he sees his grandfather clock. Ooh, yeah. the cuckoo clock, huh? Yeah. That clock looks weird. <laughs> I'll go with that. That's what it is. And these things aren't like super scary until you add the prepositional phrases at the end. <laughs> it's like you were saying the werewolf of fever swamp. Like right. the werewolf's not that bad, right? right? But of fever swamp, and then the cuckoo clock, not that bad of doom (laughs) and you go oh wait a minute (laughs) and now I'm thinking about this so why I'm afraid of bees (laughs) (laughs) you know it just kind of goes on and on and I'm sure there's others like that but it's it's kind of well here's another one welcome to dead house just welcome to dead house <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all in the preposition of I love Francis, man. That's I love cool. it uh, but yeah so Cuckoo Clock of Doom uh, you, you got pretty close I'm, I'm going to give you points on that one so it's an antique cuckoo clock it had a spell placed on it by a sorcerer it allows people to travel through time relive days all that hmm, that was close that was sort of yeah and I think at the end of this one the uh, they, they knock over the cuckoo clock <laughs> and one of the years that they can use to set the thing by falls off and it just happens to be the birth year of one of the main characters so when they reset time that girl never exists because her, her that year basically was skipped in time oh my goodness so it's I don't know you say what you want about the books but the endings usually are kind of clever yeah you know they, they make you want to keep reading and the tagline here, says keep your eye on the birdie (laughs) cuckoo clock of doom i mean you know i know we've sort of made a a little bit
0: of like you know light on you know, at least oh, sure. to, to to some degree it's uh, on some of these all, uh,
1: all in good fun. We love
0: you, R L. Yeah, Stein, but yeah, I love R L. Stein. I love Goosebumps. I'm a big uh, proponent of Goosebumps. Buy the books, watch the shows. Uh, you know, my my oldest daughter's a freshman now. Youngest daughter's in fifth grade. We still watch them, uh, especially this time of year. Yeah, you know it's October now. This is a good way to start off. This is kind of tiptoeing Halloween. Th- yeah, so it's just going to just maybe put our you know just a just a toe into like the shallow awesome. end. Say so, so get into the kitty pool Octo- first. right. And then we'll
1: we'll wade into the heavy stuff here in a little while. Michael Myers is coming. He's on his way. (laughs) It's going to be Halloween pretty soon. So, Jason, we're at the end. Anything else you want to add about Goosebumps or any final parting words of wisdom?
0: no I think so uh, I think just a, it's a really good episode I, I enjoyed all those the books that I have read and then I've seen pretty much all of the uh, the television shows and and then even the, the two feature films absolutely just a just a big fan and it, it's a good
1: way to kind of kick off Halloween me too I absolutely love these books big part of my childhood if I can ever get up the the urge to do it I'm, I'm gonna have to reread one I mean I just have to do it. it's right. been it's been years and years and years but I think it's worth the time I am however going to cancel any future piano lessons with dr shriek <laughs> yeah so <laughs> like a bad no, way to go i'll just like
0: play the uh, the uh, recorder or like
1: the triangle right <laughs> i'll just you know the little stick you know ting there you that's go. what i'll do yeah, yeah no piano for me nobody wants that guy's hands no no <laughs> thanks to all of our listeners who are joining us each week if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast share it with a friend get excited with us about all the forthcoming halloween content that's getting ready to come out follow us on social media you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram with the handle at Slapdash Pod, and we'll catch you in Fever Swamp. Ooh, take care, everybody.